Welcome to Tech Driven Business brought to you by Innovative Solution Partners. I continue the conversation with Bill Newman of SAP about the future of work and what it means for an organization. Listen in as we discuss a wide range of topics including setting expectations, hybrid working models and the role of technology. He shares some valuable professional and personal advice as we look at the future of work. Thanks for joining me today, Bill. Last time we discussed the next generation of workforce and we had a very fruitful conversation on that topic. So for today, I would like to dive into the automotive industry and the future of work as it pertains to this industry. How does that sound to you? That sounds great. Good to be back with you, Mustansir. I know last time we had talked about a bunch of different things and kind of brought in our conversation as far as you know how the different industries are, are struggling with that workforce and especially the next generation of that right so let me start with this uh, for this particular topic uh, and how it relates to automotive so when it comes to automotive we always talk about generations of workers right and how do you see that changing uh, can you shed some light on this and a little bit more elaborate on this topic yeah absolutely so for listeners who may not be familiar with, you know, some of the work that we're doing at SAP, we we call this kind of the all-encompassing future of work. So not just what does it mean with the collapse of five generations to three in automotive and in other industries, but also how do we work today thanks to the pandemic? How are we going to continue to work tomorrow? What are some of the needs of of millennials that make up more than 50% of our workforce in automotive as well as other industries and a whole host of other issues. So last time we kind of went into this whole conversation about the five generations. So just kind of set the table again, you've got baby boomers, you've got baby busters, you've got gen, gen X, gen Y, also known as millennials. And then you've got gen Z. So the people who are kind of the 20 somethings that are going into the workforce and you know we saw a pretty significant taper of of natural retirement and workforce attrition with baby boomers kind of going into you know the 2010s and the 20 and, and into 2020 with pandemic though those that have been left in the workforce and a lot of baby busters who are well into their 50s have have just decided based on all of the changes you know new technologies work from home lockdowns etc or or maybe even uh, personal or family illness issues that, and wellness issues they've had to deal with, they're just deciding that they're done, right? Maybe some of them have been sticking around for an extra year or two. And so that's created some pretty significant leadership drain from the top. Owners of small businesses don't want to be owners. Mentors and coaches and managers and directors at large companies just aren't there anymore. And so, you know, it's really impacting the millennial workforce that's, that's, particularly in automotive, but many other industries that constitute over half, half the workforce now. You know, they don't have the, the accessibility to, to the, the, the wealth of knowledge that was there even three or four years ago. So, you know, having to kind of relearn a lot of flight of corporate memory, a lot of drain of, of knowledge and talent. I think in our last episode, we talked about even pre-pandemic, the shortage of tool and die makers, right, in the industry. So who to thunk that would be an issue? 
And even as we're moving towards more sophisticated and modern manufacturing methods, electric vehicles, things of that nature that do require next generation skill sets, there's still some basic blocking and tackling of manufacturing engineering and industrial engineering and things like that, that, you know, may not be the first sexy thing that a millennial chooses to do for their work career, but are still going to be important for us for a very long time moving forward into the future. Um, You know, the millennials just work differently, right? For them, their career is built of a series of experiences. Very few will work in the same company their whole career. Many of them will have multiple careers inside of their their working life. You know, we're seeing a lot of, of, of shifts from different careers and professions now, thanks to the pandemic. And we, again, touched on a couple of those in our last episode, but supply planners, for example, have just had to deal with extraordinary challenges in the last 18, 24 months. You know, so for for a lot of people, there's a lot of change in in the workforce. There's a different looking workforce, a workforce that has different expectations from small to medium sized businesses to large corporations. And uh, today's leaders or accidental leaders who find themselves now in management positions have to really have their hands full. Absolutely. And I think uh, one thing you touched upon that was very interesting is expectations, right? And I think that's expectations. You take it across generations, it means a whole lot of different things. So from what you're explaining, it seems like that will be one of the bigger challenges, especially from a future of work perspective, when you look at who is working right now and and who will be working in the, in the let's call it short, long term, right? You know, next, next 10, 15, 20 years. And if this is what's going to be the expected outcome that they are, thinking of getting, then something has to shift. You know, how, how do you manage that, that, that gap, you know, before and after? So, so let me, let me take a, a different route at this, you know, and come from a technology point of view, right? You know, so when we, when we look at this from a future of work perspective and look from a technology standpoint, what do you think, how will technology play a role when it comes to this topic? Well, I think we're, you know, for those listeners who might not be able to see us right now while we're recording this over an internet-based platform, Moostens here can actually, and and I can actually see each other. And so obviously our worlds, thanks to video meeting platforms, and there are so many, right? That has certainly changed. I think it's interesting, just as an example, to share that SAP announced earlier in 2021, a global flex work policy, basically meaning that if, if any one of our 100,000 employees worldwide was more comfortable working remotely and not having to come into an office, that we would do our very best to accommodate them. And, and, and that's a pretty big pledge at a, at a policy level as it relates to practice. I think many things still remain to be seen. But that was a pretty bold move in acknowledging the fact that technology can help us do things that we weren't able to do even five and 10 years ago. 
you know, in automotive and manufacturing, more and more we're looking to lights out manufacturing where, you know, you literally can have by way of high bandwidth communications and very well integrated systems, people monitoring and managing, you know, active manufacturing systems without having to be fully on site. So maybe you have some folks that are basically handling, you know, different situations and, you know, troubleshooting and, you know, doing those kinds of things. But the vast majority of the workforce may not have to go to the assembly line anymore, right, in the future. We're already seeing that, you know, with with HR and procurement and a number of the back office processes that for years have been pulled together in kind of these so-called shared services arrangements and maybe even offshored. So this is just kind of taking that with technology to the next level in the actual product build part of manufacturing business. So for sure, we've learned a lot over the last five years. We've also learned what people aren't comfortable with. So being on Zoom meetings and that expectation that I'm going to be available for video conference meetings 10, 12 hours a day, I think those are vastly becoming unrealistic and uh, not appreciated expectations anymore. And our world is changing. You know, we're moving more into a hybrid. You know, Mustansir, you and I have talked in previous conversations, you know, most of the world is still in lockdown. You know, we're recording this in late August of 2021. So, but there's a lot of, you know, Western Europe and North America that's emerging from vast lockdowns and social mobility constraints so we may be in the car, we may be on an airplane, and we might not be available to even have a phone conversation because, you know, we're we're busy trying to, like in the old days, get from point A to point B, and it's just frankly not safe, or in some cases, it may not be allowed. So there's definitely some expectations setting, and uh, technology is going to play a big role in all of that. Uh, that's good to know, and I, I can totally relate to it, you know, being in consulting for almost 25 plus years. I think this is the first time after COVID that, I mean, you know, you always work in these organizations, which are global organizations. You have locations spread out across the all these different uh, locations. And, and then you try to deal with these different teams in these different time zones and all that with COVID. And, you know, thanks to technology, we are able to continue that without, much of a hiccup, I mean, from, from that perspective. Uh, and like you said, it, it, it goes both ways, right? It, technology is here as an enabler, which allows us to do or be more effective wherever you are in the world. At the same time, how do you balance that with your you know, work-life uh, balances is a little bit tipsy right now with all these changes coming through where... There are expectations as of last year. And now, like you said, we are in a hybrid model where things are kind of getting back to normal in some parts of the world. And but what does that does it really mean, you know, for an average worker, right? And, and it doesn't matter what 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 industry you're in, you know, as long as you're dealing with with people and and, and work, you know, there is always going to be this this balance, you know. Uh, so let me ask you this, you know, from, from that conversation, and you kind of uh, dove into a little bit of that SAP's role in this whole thing, you know, what do you think, how is SAP and the likes are providing value 
uh, to its customers. Because you know, at the end of the day, you, know, you want to make sure that your customers are able to get the value uh, of whatever product they're using, either software or, or any kind of different products. You know, especially with this changing environment. And so, what do you think? You know, what what is the 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 bottom line? What SAP and others are doing, and how customers can benefit from it. Well, I'll, I'll just kind of point out maybe one thing on the product side and then another thing in terms of kind of culturally how we're engaging with our with our customers coming out of the uh, the pandemic. So so obviously by acquisition and through investment, SAP's become one of the, if not the largest cloud software provider in the world. And so with that comes, you know, pretty heavy responsibility to provision our software and products and our capabilities, however the customer would like to deploy that in ways that are easily consumable. And I think that moving forward, we're going to be looking at, you know, how can we provision certain sets of capabilities and certain specific application solutions in ways that are easier to consume by the customer. So in the past, we would have to you know, buy a big platform and you'd own the software and you would have to, then it was up to you basically with your partners or internally how you wanted to configure that and use the pieces together. And I think moving forward, we're going to have more hybrid and cloud specific ways where you can aggregate those capabilities and consume them at levels that make sense for your your organization. In terms of how we deploy, and, and this is pretty, is, I think you mentioned Mustansir as a consultant yourself, you know, being able to deploy consistent with the culture of our customers is, is really important. And, you know, I'm sure you and I have stories that we could share going back 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago where it was, you know, you had to be in your seat, <clears throat> you had to be visible, <clears throat> show me what you're working on that day. And nowadays, you know, there's there's more of a trust because of necessity built in to to how we deploy software and how we work with our customers. Frankly, you know, again, we hearkening back to kind of where we are in today's date stamp. Not all of our customers are eager to have us on their site just yet. So they're still working through, you know, their own facility health and, and, and safety type of requirements. And, and they're just trying to work through what that means to their workforce, let alone their, the, the workforce of their partners, which, you know, SAP would fall into. But I also think that it's easier now to provision and deploy solutions to do upgrades remotely, you know, kind of, again, getting back to that lights out business model where you might not even know as a customer that you've, you've, you've had an update. But, you know, the patches or bug fixes or, you know, planned updates for your particular environment may have already just happened and they've happened remotely and or even major deployments. You know, we just wrapped up a major series of deployments done largely remotely for a significant automotive vehicle manufacturer brand here in North America. Very sophisticated deployment. You know, again, five, 10 years ago. That level of sophistication would not be enabled by technology and it's certain, you know, that remote method of deployment probably wouldn't be, you know, recommended or or desired by our customers. So that whole world has changed and with that change has created a lot of opportunities for us to work smarter, work better, work faster 
and and again to your point drive drive a quicker time to value for our customers i think i think the, and i think that is the biggest benefit out of this whole thing is you know time to value right and and how we can measure that and and like you said you know that it's just a cultural shift right and folks who are on on the forefront of this change they are seeing the benefits right away you know there are folks who are still uh, not on on board with it and and they, they will have to see it for themselves right in how things are changing and what benefits they can get with this new model that is being taken over you know uh, and seems like is doing its work. So let me ask you this, you know, what would be one of the takeaways for, for our listeners from this discussion? I think there's a lot, but is there in, something in particular like you'd like to share with our, our listeners this afternoon? Well, I guess from a, from a professional point of view, um, I would just say that SAP, particularly in automotive, but across manufacturing and many other industries, we're, a bit, we're much more scalable and much more accessible than we were five or 10 years ago. So my invitation to listeners would be, if you haven't given us a look lately, give us another look, right? If you haven't seen us lately, definitely, uh, you know, we're, we're committed to, to working with all segments in our, in our various industries and marketplaces. And again, just personally, I'll hearken back to things that you and I have talked about here on this show and others, you know, just operate with a little bit more kindness and patience, both with yourself and others. You know, man, there are so many processes that are just broken. And it, it's it's not because they're bad processes or bad companies. It's just things aren't moving the way they used to before the pandemic. And uh, even with technology, you, you still can't get, you know, cargo off a boat that's parked in Los Angeles Harbor, right? You know, it, it may be there for a while. So, you know, just, you know, setting expectations both in your home and your business life, I think would be really good and just, you know, take a deep breath and practice good uh, physical and, and mental wellness during this time and moving forward. I think that is the key. That's great advice. Thank you so much. As always, uh, Bill, it was a pleasure speaking with you. And I want to thank you for sharing your insights with our listeners. Yeah, thanks, Mustan Sir. And again, great to be with you. Enjoyed all of our times at ASUG and happy to call you my friend and colleague. Thanks for listening to Tech Driven Business brought to you by Innovative Solution Partners. Bill's takeaway of operating with more kindness with yourself and others highlights that even technology cannot solve all issues, especially as companies adjust to the new future of work. So set expectations accordingly and be accessible. We would love to hear from you. Continue the conversation by connecting with me on LinkedIn or Twitter. Learn more about Innovative Solution Partners and schedule a free consultation by visiting isolutionpartners.com. Never miss a podcast by subscribing to our YouTube channel. Information is in the show notes.